With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome in to the Pelicans podcast presented as always by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi joined by my co-host, my friend and yours, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And uh, Jim, we finally, finally did it. We, uh, we conquered the beast. I had to fight uh, a dragon, which I didn't even know existed, honestly. I uh, had to fight it with just a, a, a doorknob and a sock was all they gave me. Once I defeated the beast, I had to answer a series of complicated riddles. After I answered these riddles three, Andrew Lopez from ESPN was able to join us on the podcast. And got to say it was worth it. It definitely was. I mean, I I didn't have to go through the uh, feats of strengths and Obstacle course. Yeah, I appreciated that you, you did. cheering me on while you ate Slim Jims in the background, <laughs> though. That was that was helpful. Yes, but I did feel like the the, the adversity that we had to go through and the daunting um, circumstances that we had to go through to get Andrew on the podcast are such that I think this should be on both of our resumes. Honestly, I think so that too. In December of 2022, we're able to. Uh, track down and get Andrew Lopez on a podcast. I'm I'm putting that on my resume. Yeah, and and I should say now we already did the uh, the interview with with Andrew uh, as part of his rider. He uh, had to arm wrestle me right when he got in here, uh, but when we began, he poked me in the eyes very sneakily and said, "That's for ESPN." <laughs> Apparently, that's part of uh, what they require <laughs> as well. Uh, but it was worth it again because it was a very good conversation. And Andrew Lopez is always a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun. I uh, I didn't think I'd get over the uh, Herb Jones inbound pass, you know, the, the Herb Jones series from the other night. I didn't think anything could uh, make me stop talking about that, showing my wife, hey, hey did, you, did you see the Herb Jones thing? <laughs> Zion last night. Uh, that's the, that is the Zion that we've been hoping for. That's the Zion that's going to be a marquee superstar franchise-changing guy. Just Just an unstoppable force at both ends of the floor. I mean, we saw the defense that we had talked, we talked about this a little bit in previous podcasts about how, you know, putting both ends of the floor together. Um, it was cool to see him basically end Toronto's outside on maybe a little bit unrealistic chances of coming back to win the game with uh, a couple good defensive plays and then baskets so aggressive the, towards the end. Yeah, he, he was, I mean, but I mean, from the start, yeah. In the first quarter of the game, and I wrote about this on Pelicans.com today, I was sitting next Check to it out. a few other uh, scouts from other NBA teams, and there was a couple times where their jaws were kind of on the ground because they were like, especially in the first quarter, he had two plays in particular, Zion, where he just dribbled by everybody. I think had, people forget how fast he is. They, right? they, they know how strong and big he is, but yeah, I'd love to know his 40 time because yeah. watching him dribble around and through four defenders who look like they're standing still and he's mm-hmm. already gotten to the rim. That's the part of Zion's game. I think people forget about. Yeah. Sometimes. And I think that part of it was one of the things that reminded everybody who saw him play in college at Duke of what he's capable of doing. I mean, just the, 
just the physical presence that he has and just the combination of how big he is, how strong he is, how quick he is, and then you add the ball handling, which is something that he re- himself referenced after the game. I think someone asked him, like, do you feel like you're back to yourself? And he's, he mentioned that specifically, that just being able to just weave in and out of traffic and yeah. go around guys, and nobody's going to be wanting to take a charge on him, only the bravest of NBA players. And I think um, there aren't that many guys outside of Jose Alvarado types that will do that. So, I mean, that yeah, was Jose Alvarado would fight King Kong. He didn't <laughs> care. Right. It, it was just – it was just so much fun. It was a, a jaw-dropping first quarter that set the tone for the way he played all game, and it was unbelievable to see him go for 33-10, four steals, two blocks. I mean, Ooh. just unbelievable. It seemed like he came out with a, with a chip on his shoulder, but that's scary when you see that Zion. And if you think that that could be consistently the guy he is, I don't know how much of it is health. It was almost a, a balancing act when – when they started talking about Zion getting trim, getting healthy, you didn't want him to get too lean and lose that part of his game. Sure. That he is a big guy. That's that's part of his game. Right. But you also wanted that explosiveness and speed, and boy, did it look like he got it back last night. And, and I think it was interesting for him to do that specifically against Toronto because in a, in a vacuum, you might say that, you know, there aren't that many teams that have guys that can match up with Zion. That's kind of obvious. But if you wanted to put together a, a type of roster – that maybe we can combat some of the stuff he does. I think the Raptors are pretty good because they have a lot of um, like really long front court players that have long arms and guys. They're kind of famous for saying we can put an entire group of players on the court, other than you know Fred Van Vliet is kind of the floor general. Um, you know, kind of a we smaller... ended up having to leave the game by the way, right? If you weren't uh, <laughs> smaller point guard, but I mean besides that, they can put a bunch of guys that are all like size and that can all rotate and and you would think could try to at least match up with Zion. Maybe it's not one-on-one matchup with Zion, but with some of the athleticism that they have, they can throw two or three guys at Zion and try to throw, slow him down and And to their credit. They did throw two, three, four guys at him. It just didn't work. Didn't do anything. So, I mean, to me, that was even more impressive. The fact that Zion did what he did against that team where they, they have a bunch of big guys that, um, you know, the, the combination of, of size and tons of athleticism from the Raptors, whether it's, you know, um, Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi, guys they have coming off the bench, uh, Boucher and Christian Coloco, um, our our guy Juan Herman, Hernan Gomez. Um, ah, yes. But he, uh, Zion was still able to just do whatever he wanted pretty much. Honestly, on any other night, I feel like we'd be talking about Trey Murphy. I don't know if you brought it up on the postgame show, uh, but I know we were talking about it. Like on any other night, we'd be talking about Trey Murphy – starting, having 26 points, great performance, having some poster dunks. He's mm-hmm. having a great all-around game. Yeah. But just lost in the wash. Or we could be talking about how a 19-year-old almost had a triple-double, which we will mm-hmm. get into with Andrew Lopez in, in, on the show today. But, no, you're right. I mean, it's definitely a good day for the Pelicans and for any NBA team when you don't even know where to start in terms of here, where what were some of the positives that happened from this game and when, like I said, with, with Dyson Daniels having the kind of game he had where he's only 20-ish games into his rookie season, yeah. and that's not even like close to the headline, or if in the highlights package that they talk about on ESPN or NBA TV, they're probably not even going to get to that part because no. it's so far down the list. But um, but yeah, it was, it, it was just another really positive night, and like I've been saying a ton lately, not just for short-term that you're able to do what you're doing without some of your best players – but long-term that you just have this big collection of 
young guys that continually show more than even the biggest optimist were, was expecting them from them at this young age. The Raptors had a lot of guys that were coming back. You were hoping for a little rust on their part uh, since they were just coming back. Pelicans, again, shorthanded, uh, having to trot out some guys that, that don't normally start, worried how that would go. I think we found out a lot about the Pelicans last night. Yeah, I mean, you know, Trey, Trey Murphy, like you said, 26 points. He went from reserve to now he's in the starting lineup out of necessity. Has hit it out of the park with, you know, saying to him, you know, hey, we need you to play more minutes. We need you to go in the starting lineup. And he's like, okay, sure. I'll just play the best I've played so far. In yeah, my do you mind if I crush career. it? <laughs> sure, I'll just crush it. Exactly. Um, Jonas uh, had a had a double-double. Again, really good game. Not even in the top, like, maybe five of things that you remember Jonas, from last double, night's double. game. Who cares? <laughs> so what? Right. Um, Herb was really good. Herb was really good in the 20 minutes he played before he had to come out of the game with an injury. He's out there making three-pointers, just stepping into jumpers. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Um, Jose Alvarado, another guy that's been in the starting lineup, didn't blow you away with stats last night, but don't need it. I mean, we talked to him after Thursday's practice about um, just how fun it is as a point guard to have all these weapons around you. So Mm -hmm. um, just overall, it just seems like everybody pretty much across the board with very few exceptions – is playing well, and that's how you're in this stretch where you started the season five and five, and now you're thirteen and eight. Yeah, you just have so many guys that bring a different element to your team. I mean, C.J. McCollum being out obviously hurts, but Jose, like you said, he didn't dazzle you with his scoring last night. But just the way he runs the offense is so much different than the way C.J. does. C.J. isn't necessarily like your traditional uh, floor general, right, point guy. guard. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's more of a, a shooter. Yep. And whereas Jose is that guy, it's good to see. Any of our guys that are being asked to step up when they, these injuries are popping up and being able to in such a meaningful way, I think we've talked about depth a lot and, and rightfully so, but now you're starting to see the value of the depth you have, the the depth of the depth you have. It's <laughs> it's not just, man, you can throw fun rotations at someone. It's like, no, the, some of these guys, most of these guys would be starters on a lot of NBA teams. And Willie Green should honestly just run for politics after this because the management he's going to have to do to keep people on or off the floor is like life or death level decision making. I can't even comprehend. Yeah, and I think it's only going to get tougher because in this stretch here where multiple players have been out, the guys who have moved into bigger roles have shown that they deserve those bigger roles and that maybe they should have more minutes than even what they're getting now, which is going to be impossible because when Brandon Ingram and CJ and Najee Marshall all come back, I mean, you have a little, you have the math problem of the game's only 48 minutes and you can only play five guys at a time. So that's 240 minutes that you can only give out. Um, There's way more than 240 minutes. I think of quality play Mm -hmm. on this roster right now. So yeah, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be difficult. Um, But uh I don't really have an answer for you on that one. Oh, hey, uh, by the way, the Pelicans still have a dump truck full of draft picks. So uh, not going to get any easier, but it's a great problem to have. Let's bring Andrew Lopez in here because I could talk about that game forever. Uh, Andrew Lopez of ESPN, always fun. He had an interesting uh, little back and forth with Zion about, uh, about wearing a hat, you know, and it was cool to see. So uh, let's get Andrew in here. We'll uh, We'll talk about it.
What did you uh, What did you think of Hurts? First off, I like that hat. That's how you feel. <laughs> I'm just. I'm you just, got a date after this? I'm just glad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to head back home to do absolutely nothing. My, my fault. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, it's nice to see you again after Memphis or San Antonio. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, he covers the Pelicans for ESPN. Mr. Andrew Lopez. Andrew, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I am doing a lot better, I think, than the last time I was on this podcast where <laughs> my voice was super raspy for no reason at all. It stayed like that Winter for like coming. three weeks. <laughs> um, so, no, I'm feeling, feeling a lot better this time around and uh, a lot more fun stuff to talk about, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully you're not the one that gave it to everyone when everyone got no, sick. No, I think okay, – uh, well, I hope I hope I hope nobody traces that to me. Yeah, I'll get a letter from uh, from the PA, the writers, kicking the writers your door down. Yeah. yeah, we uh, your secret's good with us, Andrew. We won't. We won't. There we go. Uh, we glad we're not. Glad we're not on a podcast. Yeah, or anything exactly. Right now. We'll we'll edit this part out if we need to. Um, I think we have good timing here because uh, of the performance that Mister Zion Williamson put forth last night. I mean, what what can you say about just? I mean. All around, I mean, we've seen him do a lot of different things in different categories of the game, but it seemed like it, he put everything together last night. I mean, what did you think of just him, the, the, the entire package of offense, defense, everything? This was game 101 for, for Zion. I was, we, we talked a lot on Monday with him about game 100 and what he wanted for the next 100 games. Mm-hmm. I think one of those things he talked about was, was, was health, but it, I don't think this is out of line to say. Wednesday night against the Toronto Raptors may have been Zion's best all-around game that he has played in the Pelicans uniform. Yeah. Very few, I think, matched that. Maybe the Philly game. I think that was the 37-15-8 game. That's probably up there mm-hmm. where he, hits, he even hits the, the shot at the end of the game to, to, to kind of put that one away where it was a two-point game or something like that. I mean, it's up there. What he has done in the last – five, six games, I think since he's come back from the, the most recent uh, foot injury. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen a different level of, of, of want to, of care, of aggression, of activity on the defensive side of the ball. And I think I even saw it in the San Antonio game. And it was like, I was like, I texted somebody, I was like, that looked like one of the best defensive halves I've seen him play. Yep. And he's carried that through, had it against OKC, had it here. Like, he just looks more like himself and he is, is feeling more comfortable on both sides of the floor. And I think you saw it um, in Toronto. And I know, look, I know it was a 31 point lead. It was still a double digit lead when he went block, dunk, steal, layup, timeout, steal. Yeah, but that's aggression. That's what yeah. you're speaking to. Earlier. That's it's still at the right time. You could feel the momentum had shifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Clark had mentioned, you know, he has to write his gamer for the buzzer. He mentioned, he's like, uh, I'm going to have to delete some stuff now. I gotta, like, it, you started to feel like, oh, this doesn't feel right. On the radio broadcast, Graf was nervous. He was Graf getting... was nervous when it got to 25, okay? <laughs> yeah, he was nervous. Let's be honest. Yeah, from the tip. Graf still. I've, I've seen, I've had to, Graf, this is my favorite thing to say to Graf now after wins. Because <laughs> Graf will still be complaining about, Graf, you won. It's okay. It's a win. <laughs> yeah, just put a blanket around him. He said, right. had one free throw. You won. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Now, he'll still be angry for a while. I love Graf. No, I, um, I do too. But you're starting to see, I think, 
the generational both sides of the floor kind of guy that he was supposed to be. I don't, I don't, you know, Dukesy was a different beast, but he is looking more and more like that guy than ever before. And I think if, you know, he is a big part of why, you know, you, you are, you know, you have a team that is fifth or sixth in where we're at right now in, in the West in the, in the NBA in defense. Um, he, he plays a big role on that, and he's, he's not getting played off the floor in those situations, can close in those situations, and, and he's not a liability. And I think that is a, a, a huge step, and uh, we're seeing him just where he's at right now. Maybe these two things are tied together or one is causing the other, but I, w- I was curious to hear your thoughts on just some of his post-game press conferences lately. <laughs> I know our friend Joe here is a, knows yeah. a lot about comedy. I feel like Joe could – Zion's been asking it's lately. Roast man, what's <laughs> yeah. going on? Yeah. Like, Zion's been asking about grades that he he wants yeah, let's, for let's, his defensive let's start, end. I mean, let's start with his his grades. Yes. that have been coming <laughs> around before we get to to my personal attack. <laughs> yeah, I was about to um, say. Yeah, you're... we could probably play that personal attack here yeah, for yeah, we, for we everyone. So it started. I think maybe we'll, I think I was in Orlando this game. It was the game he stepped on Tengun's foot. So yeah. Okay. okay. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think in, it was in that game where he was asked by a reporter to, to how do you think he did on the defensive end? And then he, he, he drew skied it. He flipped it around. And uh, what do you think about my defense? And that we got, you know, you got the grade from that game. Zion asking, what do you think is one of the scariest scenarios <laughs> I could imagine? A six foot six. You dude. don't know what to yeah. answer. Yeah. You don't know what the right answer is. <laughs> like, in that whatever you think I should think. <laughs> and that's then, what uh, I think, you know, he was kind of playing around with Will Guillory the other night, our friend from The Athletic, of, mm-hmm. like teasing the, you want me to say it, don't you? You <laughs> want me to say it. Uh, I think he did the same thing to Christian Clark the other night. Um, but it, it, to me, what that does, it, it, it does tell me something. He is relaxed. Mm-hmm. He is having fun. He is embracing the, the media in, in general, and he understands – the, the, that side of things and playing the game and it, it's more than just you know oh they're trying to get gotcha questions when they're talking mm-hmm. about my defense because I, I remember going back one of the reasons we had started asking him about what does he think about his defense because we asked him after Brooklyn hey you know it's your first game in a year and a half how do you feel and how do you think you did defensively and he said that night hey don't ask me tonight ask me in Charlotte I want to see what the film was so we started like oh well mm-hmm. Well, let's ask you. Okay. And then he flips it in, you know, starts asking people for grades in the middle of press conferences. But even on the positive side, I mean, to, to what you're speaking on, I, I feel like Zion, you've seen a different Zion. It seemed like... He's more comfortable. It, that's thing. He seemed very coached when he came into the league. He obviously uh, had a lot of hype behind him and was, to a certain degree, very well coached on how he needed to speak to the media, how he needed to speak to people, how he needed to present himself. And a certain part of that is just who Zion is. He's kind of an all shucks, kind of happy guy, but he seems comfortable and different. Now. The one I love asking Z questions that he's not expecting in a in a basketball sense sometimes because mm. he loves talking about his teammates. We that's that's clear. Yeah, he always so whenever, deflects. Whenever whenever you ask about a teammate, he gives great stuff. But when you get him off topic on stuff he really wants to talk about, it's it's the best. And what, just why last night. I was like, I wanted to ask him about the back tattoo. And I think it was a two-minute, 15-second answer. It was the yeah, it was longest long. answer mm-hmm. <laughs> we've ever gotten from Zion. And you could tell it was something he wanted to talk about. Yeah. And I think he has a comfort level now 
And I think some of this comes from the fact that we get to see people now. Yeah, that's we a good went point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. a year and a half. Yeah, that's without being yeah. anywhere around him. Yeah, you're just a head on a on a screen. On a screen, and yeah. it, that's not anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so he's able to make fun of my hats that I wear <laughs> to games. Now. Yeah, because he sees you outside of you know. Um, again, Zion tells me that I asked me if I had a hot date. <laughs> that night how you that's how you feeling no, I, I, was, no, I was rocking up for the people who don't know were you wearing like a dr seuss hat with a bow on it <laughs> i like, was wearing like a little like, I, don't, I don't even know what to call them like, like a kangle a, a little kangle yeah. hat yeah. like I, i've seen you wear those when i you've seen them a lot yeah, it's cool especially when i don't have a haircut like right now <laughs> right. oh oh the, the always go to thing g- for me yeah always go to the games with the hats when i don't have a haircut yeah um and so he's out oh, but he's you could see he's He's messing around with guys. He's having the fun. Yeah. And it's, of course, it's easy to do when you're winning, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what happens when you're 13 and 8. You get mm-hmm. to have fun. Yeah. Um, that's what happens when you're third in the West. But I see a more comfortable Zion on and off the court right now. And I think that's the big key. You mentioned um, just now third place in the West. Um, the only two teams that are ahead of them right now are uh, Phoenix and Denver. Um, I suppose we could probably talk a little bit about this weekend. Um, obviously, the game... Friday at San Antonio, but then 2.30 Sunday afternoon against Denver. Um, what's your what's your takeaway from just them being in the position that they're in right now? I know that obviously the standings are very tight. It's not like they have a six-game lead on fourth place or fifth place or seventh right. or eighth, any of that. Can, I mean, stuff can change quickly, but I mean, what do you think about just them being at this level, you know, this early in the season with – despite having so many guys that have been injured. I think it's easy for the depth of this team. And, you know, it's – look, Willie Green's going to have a lot of hard decisions to make when when this yeah. roster is healthy. Now, he told us uh, today at practice – obviously, you're probably listening to this on Friday. Uh, so for the San Antonio game tonight, probably no Brandon Ingram, probably no Herb Jones. You'll see a little bit more Dyson Daniels, probably see a little bit more Jose Alvarado in the, the starting lineup, depending on – I don't know what he's what he wants to do if CJ comes back, but uh, some more Trey Murphy. So we don't really know what he's going to do, but you have options. And Jim, you've been around a lot of Pelicans teams, been around <laughs> a lot of Hornets teams. Yes, there hasn't been a team yeah. with this much. Depth. I can see no. the scars in your face. <laughs> there has not been a team. Yeah, with the this way much I sighed there, where... I probably shouldn't yeah. have done that. But yeah, <laughs> the, uh, your chin shriveled. <laughs> I was worried about you. Let's stop so, the podcast. I think what we what you're going to see here is a team that has has the depth that they have not had. In, in, in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what has allowed them to to be at this stage. They're 13-8. and eight, That's 21 games. The intended starting lineup of C.J. Herb, Brandon, Z, J.V. I think has started 10 games this year. Mm-hmm. This team is 7-3 and three in games that Brandon and Zion finish when they're both available, taking yeah. out the Memphis game, taking out the Utah game. They're 6-2 when C.J., Brandon, and Z are available to finish a game. It's eight games out of 21 that your big three have been able to finish the game on the court. You're 13 and eight. Yeah. yeah. That's a good sign. Yeah. And I think these this next stretch of eight games, starting with San Antonio, you play Denver on Sunday, you have four of eight against Denver and Phoenix. Now, three of those are against Phoenix. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, with the Phoenix, Phoenix, Utah, Utah, Phoenix series that's kind of come up. It's just a mm-hmm. weird looking thing on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, you also have a chance. I mean, against Utah, I know Utah has faltered a little bit in the last uh, two weeks or so, but yeah. you have four games against the top two in the West in your next eight. 
that's going to tell you a lot about where this team is, especially, you know, once you see uh, if you can get guys healthy. Hopefully CJ is back uh, against San Antonio, and then we'll see, you know, where Brandon is with, with the toe coming back. But you have proven that, as we talked to Willie about at, at practice on Thursday, it's maybe you maybe because of this depth, you have a little bit of extra, hey, I can buy Herb an extra game. I can give you an extra night yes. off. It's an 82-game season because I have 12, 13, 14 guys who I can play every night and feel comfortable with. I feel like the like depth is a thing, at least on this podcast, just a word. I should just write it on this board right here. Depth, because it's all we talk. It's just like a buzzword. You know, Take a shot every time we say depth, you will die. Uh, but we, we, we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but it seems like it's being tested in new ways every single week because of what you just spoke to, because of the difference in the lineups you have to trot out there injuries in game and who's able to finish certain games and whatnot it just seems like at first the depth was looked at as uh, a nice thing to have in terms of the rotations you can trot out there but then depth in season becomes what do you necessarily have to trot out there based on who's healthy who's not and uh, I think myself included, a lot of Pelicans fans are worried, like, what is it going to look like when Trey Murphy has to start? Or when you got to give, like, Dyson Daniels real minutes when he hadn't been getting minutes? Uh, and you see that now. Also seeing Jose uh, play point guard uh, with CJ being out. You see that now. It's looked good. It's it's actually looked – it's different, but it looks really good. And I think that's, that's the sort of depth that matters. So Trey, I think, started nine of – 19 games that he's played in this year. Um, missed two with, with his right foot contusion. Does this team lead the league in right foot contusions? Yeah, a lot of Might contusions, yeah. a lot of stepped on feet. A lot of stepped feet. on feet. Yes. A lot of stepped on feet mm-hmm. here. Um, I love how that, oh, the, the, the training staff, like the, the old talking points. It's like, how are you going to stop a guy stepping on somebody's foot? Right. right? They're not it's, giving them clown shoes to go <laughs> play in. They don't have like steel, extra floppy steel shoes. Boots. Yeah. Well, we can't talk about Trey's shoes off the Devante's uh yeah. Instagram story, but <laughs> Trey, Trey said he's going to get him back. In in games <laughs> that Trey has started this year, uh, 15 and a half points a game, five rebounds. He's shooting at 50. His, his splits in games that he has started, nine starts, uh, 52.7 from the field, 45.6 from three, has not missed a free throw um, in the games that he has started. Bananas. Um, also, I think Trey loves when he starts – because that typically means Brandon is not in the starting lineup, and that means he gets to shoot the technical free throws. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, they don't have to debate it. Brandon's like Brandon. Discuss. Brandon told us he's like he's not shooting. If I'm in the game, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's not got shooting. seniority. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta earn your way up, kid. But Trey has stepped, and it's also I know it's a quality, I know it's a buzzword, but the quality of depth is I think the the more important part here. Yeah, because you have games where. Rod pointed at Rod Walker, uh, pointed out the other day in the OKC game on Monday night, the group that they used to finish the game, Jose Alvarado was the oldest person on the floor. He's 24, right? He's 24 years old. That's pretty good. Yeah. You have lineups so you can finish. Hey, if you need to finish with Z at the five, you can finish with Z at the five. You need to put JV in to get rebounds. You could put JV in. You need to go to Larry Nance and you can switch and do everything in red, red, red. You can do, hey, does Trey need to come in and shoot? Trey can come in and shoot. Is Herb going to end the game on the bench? Is Herb going to, like, you couldn't think of having Herb on the end of the, like, not playing minutes at the end of games last year. This year it's like, okay, well, 
if we had to switch him out for Trey in certain lineups to get shooting on the floor, we can do that. Yeah. It's just so much that you can do, again, because of the, the versatility in your depth that I think is, is, is more important. I think, you know, you mentioned my experience here with previous rosters. We've had a lot of seasons where we've come in and said, man, this team's going to be deep. And then the regular season starts and it's like, oh, what? Maybe they're not as deep as yeah, we're like close. One guy thought, thought deep was like seven and a half guys. Right. Yeah. The difference this year to me, and this is something that like not only to me have they lived up to the hype or whatever you want to call it in terms of what we expected depth-wise, roster-wise – I think that they've actually exceeded it in a lot of ways. And I think one of the guys specifically that is in, I mean, you talked about Trey Murphy as a starter. I mean, he's ascended to a higher level. I think people thought he had potential and there was a lot of promise in that guy, but he, I think even for some of the biggest optimists, they're extremely pleased with what he's done so far. But I mean, Dyson Daniels, I I didn't expect or necessarily (laughs) think like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to be on the court every game. He's definitely going to play 20. I don't know if he would contribute meaningfully this right. season. Right. But, and, know, and so, depending. I mean, to me, he's a big part of that when you say, based on we thought this was going to be a deep team, but it's actually, I think, even deeper than we thought it would be or I thought it would be. I mean, what have you seen from him lately now that he's playing every game? And, I mean, he played – 31 minutes last night. Yeah, he's most run he's gotten. And uh, what he did with that run, right. I think was so impressive. He did not fold under yeah. that pressure. I think a big, a big part of what he, what he did last night was obviously he did get extra minutes there late because Herb um, had to leave with the injury. But the mm-hmm. fact that he, you, you trust him enough to go with him. Um, Willie has kind of mentioned it multiple times this year. He is, he has the same poise, same demeanor as Herb. He's five years younger. Yeah. Um, he has been, I think his ability to get in, um, oh, okay, I got to guard. It's my first NBA, real NBA minutes. I got to guard Luca. All right, I'm taking it. Yeah, I got his first steal against Luca, I believe. Uh, first, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a stat. Uh, they credit him with a block, too, because I think it was like a low strip or something yeah. like that. It's the same thing with LeBron two games late. Like, he has just kind of, you you've seen it on the on the defensive end, but I think in these games where CJ has been out, we've seen it because he's basically been the backup point guard uh, in these games uh, with Devontae Brulick kind of more playing the two, and I think in those games you've seen his ability to run a team, his ability to to run offense and get guys in sets and do things like that. And I think that has been even more special. I mean, the fact that he can, he goes in last night, fourteen nine assists. Eight rebounds. You heard Jose on the mic'd up, you know, trying to get guys, you know, hey, we got to get him his last assist. I think if Billy doesn't get blocked at the rim yeah, late, maybe, 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 maybe that could have got whistled as a, uh, maybe that was a whistle as a gold 10. Somebody can yeah. get, him a, get him that 10th assist. But I think 14, 9, and 8 as a 19 year old had only been done by 10 players in NBA history. Mm. And he does it in really the first game he ever plays 30 minutes. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, just great stuff. And I think, again, it kind of goes back to the thing like, Hey, Herb, your ankles hurting you tonight. You, we don't need to rush you back. Take an extra night off. We, we have guys who we can play and we can trust. And I think Dyson can do it on both sides. Yeah, you don't want to simplify Dyson's game by uh, calling him just a Herb clone, but to, to his credit, he has that same stoic, calm demeanor, uh, the the same fearlessness on defense and watching his offense, which was supposed to be uh, a weak part of his game, 
really come on. Uh, he just seems comfortable out there. I think that's, yeah. I mean, comfortable is, I think, the best word. Yeah. Like, he... I mean, look, you're still a 19-year-old playing in the NBA for the first time. Like, there might be a little bit of nerves on that side yeah. when, you're, when you're getting in. But his control, some of the passes that he's, he's, he's pulled off, was the, was the preseason game where he hit Billy in the corner? Was it the Chicago game, the first game of the yeah. year? Kind of behind the back. Well, he was 30 so much, feet across the court. Yeah, like, unbelievable. That, I mean, he does stuff like that regularly. And the fact that he is a rebound magnet, he's always in there. He's always fighting for extra boards. He's stealing possessions. I mean, it's again. You you see why, and you know, Chayden Sharp has been no slouch this year in Portland. He's mm-hmm. he's had some very some big dunks, big like he's 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 played a, a big role for them. But you see why this front office exploded when Dyson was on the board in a break. Yeah, no, it, it's it's exciting to see him breaking out uh, and doing everything he can with the minutes he gets. Check out uh, Andrew's conversation with Dyson on YouTube. Uh, they had an interesting one, and Dyson is, is again, uh, an interesting dude. He talked to us about finding kangaroos uh, for media day, so I like that he's just a tough country boy. So before we shot that interview, which I think is on ESPN Australia YouTube, uh, we shot it at like 8, 8, 8.15, 8.30 in the evening. Yeah. He's like, it was an off day. He's like, he's like yeah, I'm just not going to be available from 12 to 6. I was like, oh, well, what would you, what'd you do today? He went on a swamp tour with Billy Hernan Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go on a swamp oh, tour with I Billy was like, Hernan Gomez. So at first I was just like, oh, like he's like, yeah, I went on a swamp tour today. And I was like, oh, you mean like, was that like a rookie thing? Like they did it with the team? He's like, no, just Billy wanted to go on a swamp Dude's tour. Dude's going on so a swamp just, tour together. He just went on a swamp tour with Billy. And I was like, did you see any alligators? He's like, no, we didn't see any gators. I was like, you would have pushed Billy in if you would have saw any. He's like, yeah. He's like, I wasn't taking that hit. <laughs> yeah, but he's in Australia. He's used to crocodiles. Alligators are nothing to a guy like Dyson Daniels. I would honestly watch a nature show with Billy Hernan Gomez. Definitely. I, I'd never had started an interview with so much sadness in my eyes <laughs> because I was just, I, I want to be on a swamp tour with Billy and Dyson. You know, y'all did that without me? Before <laughs> me? You could have told me. I would have yeah, showed up. I'm cool, guys. This, <laughs> bring this, stuff. this sounds like a... A reoccurring show that needs to happen of <laughs> Dyson and Billy Hernan Gomez exploring Louisiana together. Again, just, I, I love just, a good buddy let's, movie. Let's, let's just give it to Billy and like he brings on different guests every week. Yes. Like can you yeah. imagine like Billy looks like a swamp tour with Billy and Jose? Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's a haunted house. Yes. <laughs> like that's a, yeah, that's like a haunted house thing. Like Billy and Jose do this. Billy and Billy and his teammates do all sorts of things. I, I'm getting with the video crew right after this. And I've got some, uh, some ideas for them after this brainstorming session <laughs> uh, for the Pelicans PR crew to, to do something with, because yes, Billy and Jose in a haunted house are doing a nature show. Uh, so check out that interview with Dyson Daniels and Andrew Lopez on YouTube. Uh, always check out Andrew Lopez on ESPN. I feel like you're going to be a busy man on camera this season. The Pels keep winning like this, man. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're looking good. You know, he's get- but look, he rolled up in the Rolls Royce uh, stretch limo today, uh, courtesy of ESPN. <laughs> and we're just glad he had time for these old dogs. So thanks for stopping by the uh, the studio. Thank you, guys. Big thanks to Andrew Lopez. The podcast studio smells richer somehow. So glad to have him. Uh, Jim, the Pelicans sort of can write their own destiny a little bit. A tough stretch of games coming up, but 
a very meaningful set of games in terms of where they're going to sit in the West. And once again, facing a conference opponent in a very short span of time in the Spurs. Yeah, um, you know, unfortunately for San Antonio, I mean, they're coming into this game on a nine-game losing streak. It's been rough the last few weeks. Not only sounds like a them problem. Yeah, that that's Graf that does say. as Graf would put it. Um, I mean, not only have they lost nine in a row, but they've had a bunch of games where they just have not been that competitive. They played Oklahoma City Wednesday night, and uh, I think had a pretty big lead and ended up losing the game. And Shea Gildas Alexander didn't even play for the Thunder, so I mean, they're they're having a rough go right now. Um, from the Pelicans' perspective, obviously, like you said, you just played them last week in San Antonio. So this is an odd situation where you're going back to play them again on basically a one-game trip. Um, you don't don't want to give them any you know life at the beginning of the game. You don't want you want to make sure that you get off to a good start and not give them any hope. I mean, they've got to be you know at the very least very hungry to try to end this um, losing streak. But um, yeah. Interesting that you play them. This doesn't come up very often. You come up and play the same team in the same city twice over a span of with like a week in between. We, we're seeing a lot more of the, these baseball series where you stay there and play the same team twice. But yeah, that, that's a little odd. And then yeah. Sunday is 2.30 p.m. home game against Denver. As you mentioned, um, Pelicans are in third place in the Western Conference. They're only one game going into this weekend behind Denver. Denver's 14 and seven. The Pelicans are 13 and eight. So not only, and as Andrew talked about, not only do the Pelicans have this game this weekend against Denver, that's in second place, but they're also about to play Phoenix, which is in first place three times in December over basically like a eight or nine day span. I think with two of those games coming up in the smoothie King center. So we got a lot of, we have a lot of, lot to look forward to as far as season ticket holders and people that come to the smoothie Mm -hmm. King center all the time that, there are a lot of games coming up that are going going to be important in terms of the standings. And I'm, how cool is it that here in the very first part of December that we're talking about if you win a, some of these games. Meaningful basketball. Right. And you you win some of these games head-to-head. I mean, heck, you have a chance to move up into the top spot in the Western Conference if things go the right way. But obviously, I don't want to get too crazy ahead of myself. Friday night against San dream. Antonio, 7 p.m. Uh, and also, look, look – it's it's such a fun treat for fans, as you were talking about, who who love to come to the Smoothie King Center, season ticket holders. Uh, we have the one game in in San Antonio with the Spurs, and then back home for a stretch. And any any Phoenix game just sort of feels like a rivalry game, even though there's not like a natural rivalry there. Mm-hmm. I guess after last season, it just feels like I get the feeling if I were to put my Spidey sense up that the Pelicans fans are going to have an extra little something for Phoenix when they're here. I just I get that feeling. Yeah, I think there's going to be a ton of intensity in the arena, both on the court and in the stands for those games. I'm sure it's going to be packed. It's it's a when we get to that point, it's a Friday seven o'clock game, and then another su- Sunday afternoon two thirty game with uh, the Saints. I believe are on their bye week that week, um, so it's going to be fun. I mean, the the Suns have there's a few changes on that roster. It's not exactly the same team that the Pelicans played against in April, but there are. Also, some very familiar faces with not sure what Chris Paul's status is going to be, but, you know, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker just came off a 50-point game um, on Wednesday. So uh, should be fun, and, and man, I'm really looking forward to this stretch with, again, after the San Antonio game Friday night, you got four home games in a row. Yep, so come on down to the Smoothie King Center. Fill your body with something that makes you feel warm, confident, and fun. 
and then bellow loudly at your Pelicans and the opposing players. We are the Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek. That is Jim Eichenhofer. I am Joe Cardosi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Andrew Lopez and his score of people for allowing him to join us. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Until then, go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.